prison and half can Oh God! Daddy, stay on your bike! Dude, burning and you don't want to turn around anymore and you know if somebody now attacks you're going to be like blown out of the water but you just go no i just keep going just keep going tied on the inside it's this solo on the barriers oh what about that now then everybody i am tom ramsey and welcome to the edge coaching podcast this podcast will provide a clear insight into the world of athletic performance and help provide a clear, relatable understanding into subject areas revolving training, nutrition, stress, psychology, and much, much more. Without further ado, let's begin. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Edge Coaching Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the best time of the day to train. So when is the best time for you to perform optimally in your training session to get the best results? Should you ride first thing in the morning when you're completely fresh? Should you leave it till the evening when you're fully awake? Or does it really make a whole lot of difference? Fitting regular cycle training into a busy day-to-day routine can be challenging. Opportunities around other commitments may be limited and few and far between. And for some of us, we squeeze it in where we can and it varies each week. But for those who have some choice in organising their schedule beforehand, are there any reasons for picking a certain time of the day over others? And how can we optimise the limited time in the saddle we have so that that we can get the most kind of training adaptations from that specific session. Now, this is kind of a subject area that uh, I get a fair amount of questions about, and uh, and and it's also such a subject subject area. Sorry that I've been asking myself uh, on on numerous occasions. I um, I have a job where because I work for myself, I I can manage my own diary to a certain extent. And that does give me a lot of flexibility for the time of the day in which I can train. But I am obviously working against other factors, such as um, specific bookings, such as when I'm looking after my daughter, such as other family commitments and so on. And then I'm left with other certain windows. Then you have to consider things like the times that you normally eat, where your kind of hunger patterns are. And then typically you're left with a couple of, you know, small windows where you can fit a training session in. And then I still have a, you know, obviously a decision to make whether I train at 10 o'clock that morning, whatever it might be, or whether I train at three three o'clock that afternoon. And uh, to some extent, that's very individual. I know that I train best at certain times or I've got more motivation at certain times. But to some extent, I wish there was a bit more um, a bit more of an insight, a bit more literature on the, the kind of physicalities of it. So if there's specifically from a physiological level, a better time of the day to train. Before we delve into the podcast, um, I'll just, I guess, give you a bit of an intro spiel and set the scene. 
because first of all, I'd like to apologize for the lack of podcasts that I've been doing over the, over the past few weeks. Um, basically, yeah, as always, there's been a fair few things going on. Um, my work has been very busy over the last few weeks slash months where a few new clients are kind of signing up. Um, and obviously the time of the year typically gets a bit busier now because athletes are looking forward to the race season. Um, people are getting bike fits and so on and so forth. So yeah, work has been busy. Um, but also other family commitments have been a bit busier as well. And not to go give you too much detail, but we're doing some um, some kind of landscaping to the back of our garden and so on. Uh, so yeah, a lot of my free time I have I've been kind of putting into into that um, as opposed to doing podcasts. But the podcast is something that I really enjoy doing and it's something that I want to get into a regular routine of doing. But as ever, it is one of those things that gets put on the back foot um, as opposed to the coaching itself when when time gets a little bit um, a little bit condensed. Um, but um, but yeah, today is Saturday the 12th of February. Um, it's 11.44 a.m. So far today I have got up at about half five. I went to the gym for half six. I smashed out a really good session um, in the gym. And then I actually travelled over to Hummumby in East Yorkshire. Uh, I think that's North Yorkshire actually, um, near the coast. And we um, we did a, a photo shoot for World Top The Edge, which is the, the team that I sponsor and also the team that I ride for. Um, we did kind of, uh, yeah, the yearly photo shoot and kit reveal kind of thing. And then, yeah, just called in at my parents' house to collect a few bits and bats, which is actually where I'm recording this podcast from now, um, because it's kind of a good opportunity to just get it get it done. Um, today's subject area, uh, the reason I chose this subject area actually is because, like I say, I've had a few questions about it recently, and also it's a, a subject area that I have um, been wondering a little bit about myself, so I kind of did a little bit of kind of extra research on it, I guess. And hopefully um, this podcast is going to summarize um, summarize it in a way which is, is easy to understand um, and, and gives a bit of clarity to the subject as well. Um, we currently live in a society where it's very easy to look at other people and assume that they are taking the right approach or the right method. And that there is even times when looking at people who are not as good as us in our sport performance and assume that they are still doing uh, better approaches than ourselves. You know, in this current climate where we've got access to things like Instagram and we've got things to like Strava and so on, we see someone going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning doing a fasted session with their smelly breath because they haven't eaten all day um, and assume that that is the right approach because they're going to get fat adapted or whatever it might be, whatever they, they like to preach. Um, but hopefully this podcast is going to um, basically tell you that that is not always the case and what people are preaching to be the right way might be the right way for them or might not, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the right thing for you.
Um, so first of all, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, circadian rhythm. So our circadian rhythm or circadian cycle is a natural internal process that regulates the sleep-wake cycle and repeats roughly every 24 hours. It can refer to any process that originates within an organism and responds to the environment. So circadian rhythms are physical, mental and behavioural changes that follow like a 24-hour cycle, which is influenced by the environment and the light and dark cycle. And these cycles can cause a variation in force and power production of up to 15% on the bike. So depending on where you do your session there can and, and where that is in terms of your circadian rhythm can have a big influence on the performance that we get out of the bike so on uh you know one end of the spectrum to the other if you were to you know just been dozing off uh to sleep ready for ready for bed at 10 o'clock on the night and you just uh tried to jump on a bike and and perform perform some some power sprints Obviously, that wouldn't be in a, in a, a good time to do it. Um, and, and yeah, your power would be significantly less than if you optimize the time in the day. And it, it goes without saying. Um, circadian rhythms basically help um, remain active, help us remain active and awake during the daytime and sleepful during the night. They regulate our lifestyle. So they regulate how alert we are, how motivated we are, how we recruit muscle and how we perceive effort. Um, one simple physical measure of where we are in this cycle can be our core body temperature. And in, indirectly, it varies about one degree over the course of the day. It's typically lower in the mornings, so about kind of 36.5 um, and higher in the evenings, so about 37.5 degrees. Um, and charting gross muscular performance, it follows this, this pattern. Um, so typically, we are stronger between kind of 5pm and 8pm on an evening. Um but other ch other changes occur too. Um, typically, we have more circulating muscle muscle glycogen later in the day, um, as our body has been kind of breaking down and assimilating carbohydrates um, all the way through the day, um, and kind of there's yeah there's lots of other other kind of physiological changes which which happen depending on where we are in this kind of circadian rhythm. Um, now, from a physiological perspective, this might suggest that we do our training sessions in the evening. However, if you have multiple opportunities in the day to be able to train, I don't necessarily think that you should be leaving your training to the end of the day, in my opinion. Now, there's many reasons for this. Um, first of all, you don't have that long 
between finishing a session and climbing into bed. Meaning that you may be compromising sleep and not knowing about it. So if you train on an evening, let's say six o'clock on an evening, and you've been doing that for years and years and years, you've got used to going to bed at say 11 o'clock. You may find that if you didn't train an evening and you didn't have that extra adrenaline going through the system, then actually you would be a lot, uh, you know, you'd be ready for bed at say 10 o'clock and you would get an extra hour in bed. Um, you know, you wouldn't be compromising sleep as much. And I know for a fact that if I did a lung busting session at, you know, even six o'clock, you know, this is myself I'm talking about, then it would take me a long while to come back down and to feel normal again. The body needs time to repair and recover. Um, And I advise to complete your exercise at least three to four hours before you want to get some sleep to avoid that kind of endorphin rush and the adrenaline that can make it difficult to fall asleep. Um, and, and, And this obviously causes sleep deprivation. Now, it goes without saying that if you don't have enough sleep, then you still haven't taken full advantage of the kind of biological systems Uh, evolution has given us so you should never be putting your training in a position where it's compromising sleep Um, if you want to be really specific we need to consider that all performance isn't the same Uh, so we, we talk about time of the day to train but a training session standalone training session is not gonna be the same every single time there'll be some sessions which are you know uh lower intensities than others for example there'll be some sessions which are more mentally stimulating than others for example and so on um different performances can be better or worse at different times so this is getting quite specific here so but for example you are better able to do higher cognitive function tasks around 12 noon. That's when our brain is most active, essentially. Um, So strategic type sessions or races. This is because in the morning, when our core temperature is lower, all the fuzz in your brain that has been kind of built up during the night is very minimal. So your ability to learn tasks is better. So, uh, however, later on in the day is when we'd be better uh, performance at the kind of higher intensity sessions. So when you're really trying to exert, um, you know, kind of maximum potential. To summarize, simple skills are better first thing in the morning. At midday, it's a good time to do kind of strategic stuff, which isn't necessarily applicable to training, I must admit. Um, And power development is more effective later in the day. So anytime after 4 p.m. So for most people listening to this podcast, when you're thinking about doing an hour's turbo session with some intervals in there, and those intervals are, you know, threshold VO2 max intervals, then typically, again, 
for most people, you would say that the best time of the day to train is at around kind of, you know, four o'clock-ish, four to five o'clock, because that's not too late to affect your bedtime and your sleep, your sleep time, but equally you are making the most of our systems and our physiology being most primed and most optimal for performance. But we need to think a little bit more in depth, a bit more practically here. Regardless of your circadian rhythm, so put that aside for a second. Put bluntly, if you can't fit your session at this optimal time, around four or five o'clock, because of your lifestyle, then don't mope about. Whatever time of the day you train, you are going to get the gains from it. For humans, the optimal time of the day to train is the time that you can spare often. And it needs to fit around your own lifestyle. So even though exercising in the evening or you know late afternoon around four or five o'clock may be best for muscular adaptations, the morning has its own benefits. Training at the time of day of your targeted event, for example, is recommended, and it allows your your body, uh, your systems to adjust and be prepared to that time of day. So, if you are in the habit of training at the same time of day as your competition, it won't feel as hard. A fair amount of events have a very early start times, especially road races. And so one part of your preparation in the weeks leading up to your kind of event, whether that be a road race or whatever it might be, is to get used to exercising at the time of day that your intended competition is on. Um, And it's worthwhile reason for specifically choosing the morning over the evening for completing your workouts. Um, So, you know, as an applied example, if you work, you know, 8am till 5pm Monday to Friday, and the only time you can feasibly fit training in is after work at 6pm, then you should specifically on a weekend try to counter this by training earlier in the day at, let's say, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning to get used to that uh, training time. And that's a very key point, something that I often mention to some of my clients when they have to train later on the day, uh, Monday to Friday, is to try and train in the morning on a weekend, just to get used to that pattern, used to digesting and assimilating breakfast, used to trying to, you know, uh, wake up in a, in, a, in the manner that they need to do in order to, to perform. Um, because otherwise it comes to race day and they're just not used to exerting themselves at that time in the morning. Um Completing your workout first thing is also very advantageous because it means you have done, you've kind of got it done before the rest of the day takes over. As your day progresses, other pressing matters could be piled into your to-do list. And without you even knowing, the workout gets pushed further and further down your schedule until it's too late and you've already kind of mentally tired and it's bedtime. With busy lives, it can be 
kind of very sensible to do the training session before the rest of the world interrupts you at nine o'clock. You know, as soon as the kind of the world uh, with people who are very busy, as soon as you start getting emails into the inbox asking to do this, this and that, it can easily get pushed away. And if your session is done at the early part of the day, you can smash the session with limited things going on in your head and then crack on with the day and it's done then, you know. Um, once you finish your work at the end of the day, you have then time to relax and recover and you don't have to kind of bring your mentality back into, uh, right, it's time to perform. Um, while physiological systems improve as the day goes on, the psychological dimension also needs to be considered. Take a sip of my drink. This um this is hopefully going to be a bit of a shorter podcast today, actually. Um, I'm hoping to try and combat my lack of podcasts by doing a few more short, sharp podcasts in the next few weeks. So, um, yeah. Hopefully that might help and be able to get me get me keep keep kind of the regularity going. Um, when you compare the where were we? Yeah, so if you compare the kind of physiological values that are known to influence your performance, such as your VO two max, your heart rate, your your kind of per- peripheral um, <laughs> stutter on my own tongue there peripheral values such as blood lactate and and values that indicate peripheral metabolism, there aren't any differences between a person that is mentally fatigued and someone who is not. But there is a difference in the perception of effort and how hard the interval seems to you at the time. So I hope that makes sense. If you are mentally frazzled, you will be doing the same effort as someone who is not mentally frazzled, but it will feel so much harder. And this is something that you have to um, consider. Hitting your target watts and completing a training session that is set or intended will be much more difficult when the kind of psychological state of, of mental fatigue um, and and so will decrease your performance. You know, if you've got some three-minute VO2 max efforts to do, they are an incredibly uncomfortable position to be in. And I know that in order to hit my target watts, I need to be not only in a physical good state, but I need to be mentally in a position where I can devote full attention to that. If I'm mentally fatigued because I've had a full day of work and I'm just... Um, you know, mentally frazzled by the end of the day, then it's much easier for my brain to take over and say, oh, this is too hard. I can't, can't do it. We've only got a certain amount of space in our, um, you know, a a certain amount of coping that we can deal with. And if you're already mentally fatigued, um, you've got a lot less of that space to to deal with it. Um, And this is, um, this is something to consider because prolonged periods of demanding cognitive cognitive activity such as a day in the office or or work could induce mental fatigue 
So does this counter the physiological benefits of leaving a session till the evening? Something to consider for you. I know for me, personally, and this is, again, just subjective examples, I know full well that if I get up in the morning and I have a coffee while I just do a couple of urgent things, for example, you know, a couple of urgent emails, but I, I'm naturally an early an early riser anyway, so the day hasn't really started for most people. I know that I give myself an hour after bed. Physiologically, I'm in, a, in an all right state. Yes, I could probably be in a better physiological state if I left it till later in the day. But I know full well that if I left it later in the day, my my cognition and my mental attitude towards doing that session will be running lower and lower throughout the rest of the day. So I know, regardless of what kind of training session I've got to do, I always train before lunch. And I personally know that lunch is like that cutoff. As soon as I've had I've had lunch, it's all down it's always downhill. I'm a very early, early morning person. And yeah, obviously the first half an hour of waking, it's not a good time to train. But as long as I've given myself half an hour just to to switch on and, and get into gear, have a coffee, uh, maybe a very small snack, um, or even if, you know, if I can't necessarily train first, first thing, but if, if I train late morning, for example, any time before lunch is a good thing. As soon as I've had lunch, I tend to have a little bit of a lull, both cognitive cognitively and physiologically I find and I think there's a big relationship between the two now if you do train in the evening after work because that's the only time you can fit it in I would advise taking a break of something as short as five or ten minutes between finishing work and starting that session and you will already experience a significant drop in your subjective mental fatigue levels. So I get what I'm trying to say here. Avoid avoid kind of rushing. You know, you might be working from home, for example. Avoid closing your laptop and rushing straight onto the turbo trainer. Because by having some kind of separation between the activities you can feel re-energized and be in a better position to tackle the training. But it is a balance. And what I mean by this is not finishing work, sitting on the sofa, you know, watching some telly for half an hour, 40 minutes before you do the session. That's probably the worst thing you can do because, you know, you'll start to relax and you'll start, you know, not be bothered to do the session. But, if you finish work and you've got a 10, 15 minute drive home, for example, that's perfect because on the drive home, you can have a little snack. You can maybe have a little bit of caffeine, whatever it might be. You can recharge, you can re-energize and you can take your brain away from your work ready to start your session. And that's probably a good example of what a lot of my clients do. I can think of a lot of examples where clients finish work at half four, for example, they've got half an hour drive home, they get back for five they'll get changed and they'll jump on a turbo trainer for quarter past five. Um, you know, that's that's a very typical example and that's that's ideal. But 
even if you work from home and you could close your laptop and be on the turbo trainer in five minutes, just give yourself, you know, 10, 15 minutes, have a bit of a walk around, have a quick chat to the wife, um, you know, have a little snack, um, you know, tinker with your bike for a little bit, whatever it might be, just to, you know, have a bit of separation between the two. Um, and, and yeah, that's a very important um, aspect to making sure that you're mentally kind of re-energized and in a better position to tackle the training. As well as slotting in a break before workouts, mental fatigue can also be suppressed by taking caffeine. And this is something I've talked about in the podcast before, but caffeine does work against mental fatigue because it blocks the Adan, oh, I always say this wrong. I, I, I'm kind of, I've got some little notes in front of me and uh, I've written this word down and I always say it wrong. Adenosine. Yes, that's it. Adenos. I always say like adenosine or something when I just read it off a piece of paper. I'm, be- I'm better at not reading it because when you read that word, it, it doesn't sound right. Um basically little receptors in the in the brain um these adenosine levels increase during waking hours and and when we um are exerting kind of cognitive cognitive efforts and are very much linked to mental fatigue but again by taking caffeine at let's say 5 p.m ready for a session is not generally recommended (laughs) because this will undoubtedly affect your sleep caffeine has a 12 hour half-life so will certainly still be in your system um, as you're trying to nod off for bed so going back to that example for someone who finishes work at four half four and they've got a session at five o'clock it would be advised to take that caffeine at like you know uh, early afternoon two o'clock in the afternoon and then it'll kind of be working as you're taking starting the session. What you shouldn't be doing is taking a caffeine tablet or a caffeine drink just as you get on the turbo at six o'clock. That, that would be the worst thing to do, for sure. Um, sip of the drink again. Um, the best time of the day to train will differ from everyone. And we have our own life routines as well as space and time limitations. Completing a training session is the priority above all else. So, but if you can rejiggle your day, you know, this is some insight in how to optimize your training. Um, and, and these different as- aspects of your sporting performance. Um, the window for kind of harder physical sessions is quite large and tends to be later in the day, somewhere between 4pm and 8pm. And so within this, there's room for f- further kind of optimization. If you are like me and have an earlier bedtime, so I typically go to bed at about nine, half nine. It is worth ensuring your training session is closer to that kind of four or 5 p.m. time 
as you need sufficient kind of gap of around three to four hours before going to sleep. And this will limit sleep dis, uh, kind of disruption, boost recovery, and in turn, improve your performance in subsequent sessions. Um, but uh, yeah, in the weeks leading up to your competition, it's okay to change up your regular routine to be better prepared for the demands of that particular challenge. Um, so it is best to shift some of your workouts to the time of day of the event. That said, all of this advice should not be taken blindly. Other factors do have to be taken into account. And ultimately, you will find your own training time, which is likely based on other commitments you have. We've all got certain limitations which constrict our training availability. And, you know, I, I've i been in a privileged position over the, the past few years. If I look back maybe two or three years ago, if I look back to maybe, th you know, th probably three or four years ago now, when I just set up the edge coaching, the edge coaching wasn't that busy. Um, I had a fantastic, what, what year was that? Probably like 2019-ish. I had a fantastic work life balance and basically I had um the edge coaching was kind of basically developing but I was taking it in my stride it wasn't too much of a stress I had enough money coming in to pay my mortgage and my bills and that was enough my wife worked um as a physio and she was uh leaving the house at half seven and not back until about half five and basically, I had work to do, but unless I had any specific bookings, most of my days were probably only about four hours of work to do. <laughs> and I look back at it now and I just, uh, I mean, I, I relish those days, you know, they, they, though those days when I could just get up, I could do a couple of hours work, I could wait for the sun to come up and, and have a my breakfast, let my breakfast settle. You know, every day was like a weekend day, basically. And then I'd go out on my bike and I'd train for three or four hours, come back. And you know what? If I didn't fancy finishing the work that day because I was too tired because training was too hard, then I could rest up and I could do a bit more work the next day or I could do more work in the evening. But now, work is a lot busier, um, which I certainly aren't complaining about. But it means that my training time is very much condensed. Not only that, but I've also got my daughter here, which I look after a lot of the time in the day. Um, you know, I have, uh, she goes to nursery now and again, and my mum also babysits for now and again. And then also, obviously, my wife looks after her certain days in the week when she's not at work. But it does condense my training time. And you know, it does mean that I've got a lot less time to train and thus my time slots to train are a lot shorter and they are dependent on that timetable as opposed to dependent on when I fancy doing it and when I perform best. So yeah, my availability to train is definitely um, compromised this year, but I know what works for me and that is the biggest takeaway point. For example, for me, on 
two days a week, I have two opportunities, two days, yeah, two days a week being a Tuesday and a Friday. Those two days are basically days where um, I'm looking after my daughter most of the day. And my wife leaves for work at half seven and doesn't get back till half four. Now, because I'm with Millie most of the day, what that usually means is that if I want to train, I either either have to finish before half seven in the morning or I have to start at half four on the night when Becky gets back. Now, most people would think, oh, that's fine. Half four starting a training session, no problem at all. I've tried that. And when I've had a full day with my daughter, on top of trying to get as much office work as I can do done within that day as well, I'm too mentally fatigued to to try and fit a training session on late in the day. So for me, on those days, it means getting my ass out of bed at five o'clock, being on the bike or the turbo or the gym or whatever it might be at about half five, having a good session, finishing the session, having 20 minutes to have a shower or whatever, and then take over my daughter. Um, and to a lot of people listening that, you know, that that might sound madness getting up at five o'clock, but you've got to remember that I'm in bed for nine o'clock on those days. So I've still got my eight hours uh, sleeping. And that isn't me preaching that I'm some sort of God getting up at five o'clock by any means. You know, I know that from a physiological perspective, it would be a lot better for me to train at, let's say, 10 o'clock that morning but needs must. Um, and yeah, I might put on my socials that I'm up at five o'clock training and some people might look at it and think, oh, wow, he's real motivated getting up at that time. But if I'm honest, it's just what I have to do. And for me, getting up at five o'clock, having a quick espresso and jumping on the bike pre-breakfast, I know that I'm compromised in that position. You know, being not fed, being a bit too early and so on but I can switch it on and I can train well in that environment whereas for some people it might not work like that you might try a five o'clock session half five session and it just not work and therefore you need to find another time but finding these influencing factors finding relationships as to what works and what doesn't making a journal or making comments on your training peaks or whatever it might be, or your training diary on what works, what doesn't, and why you think that is, and then making these um, small adjustments for next time is effectively what makes you a good athlete and what will get you where you need to be um, as in the in the kind of time frames that you need. There is no point trudging on with ineffective sessions because you're training at the wrong time of the day from weeks to, to go. If you note that you don't train better at some times than others, then um, remember that for next time and try and try and adjust. Anyway, that's the end of this podcast. Like I say, um, this podcast was a little bit shorter than normal, normally around the hour, hour mark. This is about 40 minutes. So I'm going to try and get out more regular podcasts, one a week if I can. Um, as a maximum one every two weeks and uh, yeah if you've got any recommendations or anything you want me to talk about subject areas then please drop me a, a message um, I think the next podcast that I do will be training on limited time and I'm going to coincide that with training as being a new dad 
as well. Um, so anyone who's interested in that, keep your eye out. And until next time, thank you very much and see you again.